Always with the nerves right before we start. Hello! Welcome to the podcast of the nerd. I'm Ian, the nerd in question. Uh, how are you? How are you doing? Any plans for New Year's? Did you have a good weekend? Um, I and my roommates are having a party on Wednesday, so I expect my productivity to be not so great on Thursday, but we shall see. Maybe um, if the untouched script is done by then, I'll be able to at least do a post-New Year's hungover edit stream. But um, yeah, anyway, so uh, before we get into this, I have made a decision about the podcast, and that is no more timer. Um... I think it was a good idea in practice because I didn't know what to expect from the cat is a little excited, but I did remember to turn off all of my devices today. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I'd not done this before. And, and, you know, I think kind of chunking and ramping is a good idea, but, um, you know, just in practice, the past few episodes have been close to a half hour. I haven't been reaching for things to talk to you about. And um, I think the timer kind of now takes away the focus on what's important, which is just you and I having a conversation about things. So um, if I ever start going over an hour, uh, I may start setting a timer for a time limit. But we'll jump off that bridge when we come to it. So um, today's a big one. I want to kind of hustle through a couple of things because... uh, and I'm not kidding, I honestly want to know what happens to Spike. Hi, Kent is super excited doing zoomies in a very small room. Of course, right when I end there, she just knocked three things. Go away. Sorry about that. Um, I'm not kidding when I actually say I want to know what happens to Spike. But today's a big one. I want to uh, tell you about the trip to Mintern, Colorado, which I uh, rolled last week. And after that, we're going to get into the weeds I love New Year's. I love the hope of the the year to come. I love New Year's resolutions. I love, even if you're sort of anxious and frustrated about the way the previous year end, it's it's a period. It's a closing of the chapter. You know, it, yes. If, you know, when I was younger, uh, 20s and 30s, I was very cynical about stuff like Anyone who tells you that Valentine's Day is made up by uh, greeting card companies is like, yeah, okay, you're not wrong. But is that a valuable perspective that you want to carry around? Is that is that Does that make you feel good? Does it make you feel good? Um, that was a really weird movie reference to throw into that. Hopefully no one got that one. Anyway, uh, and I was the same way. Um, you know, I, I believe at one point in my 20s, I told my parents that I wasn't going to celebrate holidays anymore. Ridiculous. It's okay. It's a choice. It's a choice. I get it. And, uh, but, yeah, just the older I get, the more I'm like, God, things are just what you make of them. You know, the, the, if you, you can be cynical about things. You can be negative, of course. Are you wrong? No. Does it benefit your life? <sighs> I don't know. I feel like more and more there is some benefit to 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 um, celebration and to ritual and to to all of those things. You know, uh, uh, keeping things hopeful, positive. Anyway, I love New Year's resolutions. I couldn't care less as to their success rate. Who cares? There And who cares if it's something you should have done in July or should have done in October? The point is to do it. And if the end of the year provides you an opportunity to take stock of your own life and say, here, look, here's what I think I can improve on. Here's how I think I can get healthier. Here's how I can be more fulfilled. Then who cares when it is, you know? Um, there are so many things worth trying, regardless of your statistical chances of succeeding at them. I choose to embrace failure and try, and then try again. You know, maybe we need, maybe that that's an interesting idea. Maybe this podcast needs a, a mid-year New Year's 
huh, we need to create another holiday. More markers. I mean, that's part of the whole idea behind this podcast anyway is my accountability to myself. You know, if anyone listens to this and enjoys this, great. But for me, the benefit is, you know, checking in. Okay, here's what I wanted to accomplish last week. I didn't. Here's what I'm going to try and change. And like on a micro level, that's the same as New Year's resolutions. But no one's telling you like, well, why even try? Because your success rate this week is going to be awfully low. No, no. Anyway, so um, today, uh, as I share with you my goals for the upcoming year, I invite you to think about your own. Um, year end at, uh, the year end wrap up in this episode is going to start with a personal inventory for 2019, which I found very interesting. I'm a bit of a statistical nut, so um, I delve into the videos and 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 drew out some numbers about my first year being full time, and they are not what I expected, and that's okay. Then uh, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about my goals for next year: personal, professional, um, health and wellness, all of that. I'm not rolling a new adventure from the guidebook because uh, the Patreon hangout is Saturday at 5 p.m. We're going to... <sighs> Breathe, Ian. You don't have to say the whole thing in one sentence. We're going to be discussing Wild at Heart and Sense and Sensitivity. That's 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Um, I would give you the GMT, but I normally screw it up. So Google is your friend if you have any interest. That will be streamed to the channel for all, as usual. Um, and it's anyone can join the discussion in the uh, Patreon $5 and up club. Anyway, there's a lot to go over here before we get to the fanfic reading. As always, I'm, um, well, not as always, I'm going to be uh, providing timestamps uh, in the show notes. You can skip around, you can skip any and all of it. Uh, no hard feelings. That's one of the joys of me just kind of doing this for myself, regardless. Not that I don't welcome your input. <laughs> Anyway, I'm also very excited to get to that fanfic reading, so let's get to it. So, um, last week, what did I learn from... Uh, we, I'm not sure what we're calling this. The Adventures of the Nerd? Adventures of a Nerd? Last week, I rolled a random page from my Lonely Planet Colorado guidebook and landed on Minturn, Colorado. And I said I would... Um, Kind of document the trip a little bit in uh, Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash Passion of the Nerd. After fumbling around and trying to figure out how Instagram stories works. I'm sorry, I'm I'm old and don't Instagram very much. But it's not just my fault. There, The interface, there's two different ways. Never mind. Um, Got started a little bit late. I learned a bunch of things from this first attempt, and one of them is need to get some sleep, need to get up early, especially in mountain towns where, you know, the sun is in the sky for even a shorter amount of time because the horizons are so high on either either side. Anyway, I wouldn't call it fun. <laughs> but it was definitely a growth experience, and this is kind of one of the joys of... of you know, the ambition of these sorts of things, the ambition of all of this is not for it to be fun, but to sort of push my own personal boundaries and do things I wouldn't do ordinarily. And, you know, far from going to Taco Bell and getting a Doritos Locos taco and saying that's something new, this was kind of like a very different uh, change up to my my uh, uh, day, which was great. So um, two and a half hours in the car, driving up I-70. I took a couple of time-lapse videos, uh, the good ones on Instagram. And then, yeah, we can go ahead and show it in the video version. Actually, that's probably very distracting. Anyway, um, and then kind of huffed it around this town, uh, this mountain town. So uh, it was terribly cold. I, I have, I did not have adequate uh, gear didn't have good hiking boots and um, really kind of needed a balaclava, uh, especially once the, the the sun went down. It was very cold. But I haven't tried to do any still composition if in a while. It was fun trying to get a sense of the town and why it's there. Um, it's a railroad town. There are probably going to be dozens of towns uh, in the Rockies that are exactly like Minturn, where... Originally, the railroad industry um, needed a place to to put water in the locomotive, 
And so a, a tiny town sprung up around there. But this town happens to be um, 10 minutes from Vail, Colorado. And so there, there were, you know, five, $600,000 dilapidated trailer homes in the town. It was very strange. And I walked the whole thing in about 10 or 15 minutes. And at the end of the town, there was a graveyard. And, um, you know, at first, it felt a little morbid to be uh, kind of walking around there for the reasons I was in the town. But it's also an interesting part of the history. The, I, the, there was there were these two gravestones side by side. Edwina Milton, 1856 to 1911, and Thomas Milton, 1856 to 1913. Thomas managed to make it a couple more years without her, which, you know, being in that isolated area, which was even more isolated then, uh, and just picturing having people having to... There are people not having to, you know, making the choice to live in that kind of area uh, at that time, especially in, you know, uh, out on a day like that where it was very cold. Was it just a curious experience? It's just, you know, graveyards are um, an interesting snapshot of the history of a particular area. So I can be a little um, more open-minded. Anyway, the guidebook. Uh, mentioned a couple of hiking trails around Minturn, and I thought I have, would have a go. When I did, I ended up in waist deep snow. Now I'm six foot three inches, um, and I'm not yet prepared to buy a set of snowshoes. And since I don't ski, I imagine some of those kinds of towns aren't going to be very interesting until the summertime. But still, uh, it was it was an interesting experience, and I learned a bunch from the first try. I need comfortable boots need better uh, better clothing, so on and so forth. So that is the report on the first adventure of the nerd. Adventure of a nerd? I don't know. It sounds so cheesy. Adventures in nerdy sitting? That's too derivative. We'll come up with something. So um, I want to do a little bit of an inventory uh, for 2019 before I get into what the goals are for 2020. To start... Um, quick reflection on last year's numbers, which, um, you know, I think st part of a good goal, and I do this later on, part of a good goal is um, specific measurable results. And in order for that to be effective, it's uh, important to measure what the results were. And so these are the numbers for 2019, and I'm including the numbers from 2018 as a comparison. 2018, I was... I was not full-time until um, September of uh, 2018, and then, you know, had kind of uh, uh, an anxiety meltdown for September as I was like, dear God, what have I done to my life? Kind of got back on the horse in October, and then sort of got rolling again in November and December. So, total videos published in 2019 not counting um, Patreon content or live streams. There were 25 total videos. In 2018, there were 29 total videos. So the total uh, video number actually took a hit. Now, the total running time of all the content I produced uh, in 2019 was six hours. The total running time of all the content in 2018 with more videos was four, four and a half hours. So the videos got longer, a little bit more complex, um, but there were slightly fewer of them. And then I, I kind of broke these down into uh, individual shows just for my own benefit, but that's not, I, don't, I think that's neither here nor there. So uh, subscriber numbers. January 2018, the year began at 17,888 subscribers. Uh, by January 2019, this ja year's January, it was at 22,642. So the channel went up 4,754 subscribers. As of today, which I'm loosely saying January 2020, the channel is at 60,800 subscribers, which is a gain of 38,158 subscribers. <laughs> Uh, here's what I would say about these numbers. First of all, subscriber numbers are crazy. I don't really understand. Um, a couple of good videos 
Well, I mean, it's the toolbox fallacy and um, uh, what's wrong with Buffy's, or the, the great tragedy of Buffy's HD remaster. That's a growth rate of 168%. But that also happens to be the number that I feel I personally have the least amount of control over. You know, people are going to sub or they're not. I'm going to, the, the way the channel functions is I just make content that I'm interested in making, you know. Otherwise, it's unsustainable for one individual person to keep doing this. So, you know, it, I, I've talked about it before in the, um, with pop music poetry and Anaconda. That's the most successful video I ever did. 1.8 million in a couple of days. And then I made another, and then I made another, and then I got sick of the joke. And the numbers went down, which I don't know if that's a reflection of the content or, or whatever it was. Anaconda was a, you know, special, one-of-a-kind kind of song. So, in more ways than one. So, yeah. It, it's, the subscribers' numbers kind of are what they are. I'm very excited with how the year went, but, uh, again, I... I I didn't know that the toolbox fallacy was going to be any more successful than the boat story. And then I made the next one, assuming, not assuming anything. Um, it just kind of is what it is. You do the work and you get, you, the chips fall where they may. So in terms of content I produced, total videos dropped, but I produced 20 more, 20% more of it in edited minutes. Now, in my first year of doing this full time, I would have hoped those numbers would have been higher. Uh, more content, more total videos. However, this does give me a lot of hope for 2020. This year was a tumultuous year, personally. You know some of it by virtue of listening to this podcast. And yet, I still produced some of my best writing I have in the five years I've been doing this. There were just a whole host of things that were going to need to be confronted. Well, I quit my job, sold my home to finance this little endeavor... And, um, you know, moving and deaths in the, the little family and all of that, um, turning 40, so you, you know, the whole deal. So in 2020, most of those things are confronted. Life is stable now. I did all of that so that, you know, I can be single-minded and focused and stable. So um, I've learned a lot about how much I can manage on my plate at the same time. And honestly, I'm kind of ready to kick some ass. I'm looking forward to this new year. Um, the gift needs to happen this year. I want to get through both seasons. Now, that's insanely ambitious, given the video totals that we just went over. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of always being... Uh, over ambitious with the the total so we'll just wait and see there's lots of great stuff in firefly um i just the 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 key is to to focus on the next one and keep going so um what else for 2019 i went from living alone bachelor life for the past seven years to living in a house with nine other people six of them kids and i have no experience with children um that has been an insane change, but also incredibly rewarding. Um, I don't think I'm wired to spend as much time alone as I had been. Uh, paradoxically, I'm probably an outgoing introvert. I feed off my connections with people, and then I, I take a lot of time alone. And uh, in that experience, I've bonded with the baby the most. But that's probably because she can't talk yet. We'll see how the, this year goes. She's learning how to say other things. Currently, she knows Apple, Juju, which is what she thinks Josie is. I keep telling her that's racist. Uh, green, Baba. Or no, 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 no. Purple, Baba. She can't make any of the, the, the mouth sounds that require um, shapes with your tongue. My, my friend was like, why is it that Americans then say Dada? rather than papa every other place in the world it's papa because it just it's the same sort of mama and papa anyway um 2019 i made a bunch of stuff on the channel that was shared out by a number of people in the industry including the people who made the things i was reviewing that was gratifying um it seems like 
it was a year uh, that was as rewarding as it was challenging. So, fun stuff. Goals for 2020. Now, in each case here, I'm going to give you the goal, kind of the why, and then try and provide um, a concrete plan. Specific measurable results, not really the same thing, but uh, the plan for how I'm going to confront it. So, again, I invite you to do the same if you're feeling inspired to do so. Share it in the comments on the podcast YouTube channel, or you can shoot me an email at thepassionofthenerd at gmail.com, and I'll share some of those next week. Be sure to disclose in the email if you're cool with me sharing stuff. I can kind of interpret, but uh, just to make sure. So I broke these down by spiritual, relationships, financial, professional, and personal. Uh, so, big, 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 big. Spiritual for me, as um, previously described as a... a um, you know, an atheist who works from home is sort of a flexible term, but I'll get into that in a minute. Sorry for the drinking noises. That's coffee. So, spiritual. Uh, the way I read this was self-care. Something I'm really bad at. Uh, first of all, I need to figure out whatever the hell that means to me. But I also think a good starting point would be a daily uh, meditation habit. Uh, first thing in the morning. So... Meditation to me is a wonderful exercise in thought management. You know, uh, I have friends and family members who their thoughts drive them. Do you know what I mean when I say that? You know, uh, they have a, uh, they, a particular perspective of something that occurred, and that is it. That's as far as it goes. They don't think about uh that that thought is more the i mean i do this all the time i shouldn't talk about friends and family at times you find yourself driven or taken over by a particular thought the rut the past couple of months was very much about that fear of failure imposter syndrome all of this is just kind of you know the impulsive damaged scarred self-perception that comes up and says, I'm crap, I'm not going to be able to do this. And then if that thought drives your behavior, you're never going to get anywhere. And uh, so if you want to confront that problem, if you want to grapple with your own self-esteem and your own sense of self, it sort of requires taking a step back from the thought itself and saying, well, where the hell did that thought come from? And trying to create a different perspective, shift the prism. Now... That act itself is at least partially represented in meditation, the meditation that I've done in the past, which is, you know, I've said it in the videos, you are not your thoughts, but the thing witnessing your thoughts, and that's what meditation to me is getting to that, getting to present, getting to letting those automatic already always thoughts sort of pop up, noticing them, and then letting them go, and just being in the moment and being present. And that exercise in and of itself is like lifting weights when it comes to healthy self-perception and healthy um, self-care. You know, it's, uh, it's building that muscle that allows you to not be driven by the toxic thought, but taking a step back and creating a healthier perspective, choosing a healthier perspective. You don't have to create it. Those perspectives exist. Um, you know, so meditation. Uh, much of the ruts and mental blocks I was struggling with this year related to just getting tra trapped in particular bubbles of thought. What is the next thing, as opposed to what is the next thing I need to do right now in this moment, and then doing that. So, I'm going to be using this app called Youper, not a sponsor. Um, I've used it in the past. It's sort of like a guided journaling type of deal. I've tried journaling before. Excuse me. And when I did, you know, if there's a maelstrom of just bullshit in my head, I, I that maelstrom uh, is fingerprinted onto the page and nothing changes, you know. Journaling for me as, as a... 
self-help or healthy activity just doesn't work if I'm already feeling unhealthy. It just reflects whatever's going on in my head. So Uper is more of a kind of a guided uh, uh, journaling thing. How are you feeling? What would you like to feel? How You know, so on and so forth. But there is a meditation aspect built into the app that... Um, the app builds around how you're feeling and what you're dealing with that day. So um, daily basis, first thing uh, every day, I'll let you know, success rate. Uh, my problem with the app has been, you know, I'll pick it up when I hit a wall and am struggling and not getting through things. But then I sort of lose the habit when I'm on a roll and videos are popping out like wildfire. Wildfire, that's a terrible metaphor. Anyway, uh, so I think it would be good to just, as a matter of daily practice, sit down, open it up, uh, write a little bit into the app, and, and meditate. If you're interested, the and everything I talk about today is going to be in the show notes. So, next section, relationships. Just keep it the dating thing. I personally believe that life is better shared. And? And? The structure of my life being what it is, I need to have a proactive approach to seeking out and meeting new people. No one, I don't think anyone wants to online date. Every time I make a broad statement like that, someone reminds me, no, there's a percentage of people that are actually interested in doing that. Okay, fine. I'm not one of them, but who cares? I don't want to go to the gym either, but I want the results of going to the gym. So... It is what it is. Um, it just isn't going to happen organically. That's fine. The other thing I want to make sure I do this year is not forget anyone's birthdays. I am terrible with um, remembering that kind of thing. And some of my friends understand that I'm just that guy. I'm super forgetful. But I know it means something and it matters to people. And like we were talking about in the uh, introduction, ritual and ceremony, the older I get, the more I understand the benefit of just like you know, life so often, or at least I think a lot, the, the channels that are commonly available to um, most of us breeds a sort of apathy and complacency. And, uh, you know, this is all kind of about living proactive. So, yeah, I want to be better about acknowledging the people I care about. Not just about birthdays, of course, but I'm actually pretty okay about doing that outside of birthdays. I just know that that matters to people. Financial. We're almost there. I know this is deep in the weeds for some of you. Financial. One thing I have been bad about this year is the budget. Both the budget for the channel and uh, personal budget. I tend to be an eyeball the account type and then sort of just spend freely. Now, I created a nest egg for this and have dipped into it a little bit uh, this year. And I just, I, I feel like Patreon and the channel are at the point where if I'm very rigorous about, um, you know, the numbers, that there's no need to dip into that further. Like, I feel like we're at the point where living at zero is possible with uh, the income that exists. So I need to get a handle on this budget immediately. Um, the margins of this full-time gig are razor thin. Um, I probably have enough to last one more year of doing this, but if I want things to go beyond, I'm going to need to have a hawkish eye on uh, the financial bottom line. So to that end, I'm implementing a weekly financial budgeting day, and I'm going to start tracking everything in a piece of software called YNAB, which will be in the show notes. That's called YNAB. You need a budget if you have any interest. Hashtag. I don't need to hashtag not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Professional. Um, so after a year of doing this, I, I, you know, I really, really wanted to get to the goal of one video a week. But I think that chasing that goal in the face of the evidence that it isn't happening or, or um, for whatever reason, it's just not possible, is actually causing me to take longer on videos because of frustra frustration and aggravation uh, with myself and the process. So, one episode guide every two weeks. 
is the goal. So, um, essentially, the Friday before the Patreon hangout, which is uh, biweekly on on Saturday, this podcast is now public. So, barring moratoriums that I will let you know in advance about, as I did in the beginning of December, I want to keep this as a weekly release. It's, I, I'm realizing it's about a day's worth of work. I'll probably get better at it as I go, and there have been a couple of big ones because of breaks and this is the end of the year and so forth, so prep time has been a little bit heavier. But um, I'm enjoying doing this. It's nice to be able to speak directly about the process, um... I love the accountability of it, and uh, yeah, nothing else. That's it. I think that's enough. It doesn't need to be more than that. And yeah, I, I'll develop other segments and things. Um, and I'm really enjoying the fanfic reading. So, weekly release. I hope to grow uh, Patreon by about 60-70% so that I can cut down on the ramen and maybe afford to get myself some help. One thing that will accelerate the videos is me not doing this alone. Um, I don't think that I can relinquish control of the writing. Uh, the Firefly series has been great because it's the first time I've I've really collaborated with someone at the script level on a video series. But, you know, as much as the writing is always the wall that I run into with every single video, it's also the most important part in terms of laying out what my ambitions are for the video. So I don't think I can let go of that, but having someone take the recordings and start and edit so that they can get ahead on that is something that is possible if I bring someone else in to do pre-edits and pay them. I have someone in mind, um, my, my little ginger bear. Anyway, um, moving on. I'm going to speak at three comic cons this year. Uh, seems like the Denver Comic-Con has been very willing to have me, and it's in my backyard, so that's one of them, of course. <clears throat> For the other two, I'm going to have to shop around, but it would be nice. I can imagine being doing one close uh, in, a, in a nearby state and then doing a crazy one, whether that's uh, New York or uh, Toronto or, um, you know, L.A., uh, San Diego is very exclusive. That one's close to impossible. You know, if you're not showing the next Star Wars trailer, you're not getting into San Diego, or at least that's the way it feels to me. Maybe I'm wrong. But, um, yeah, the goal is three Comic-Cons this year. I missed the Comic-Con circuit a lot uh, this year. There's just something about getting out and getting to meet you guys and um, the stress of going on stage and then going on stage and realizing... I kind of love being on stage. I uh, kind of love the performance and the connecting with people and, and, and writing something that I'm passionate about, and hopefully that shows up when I'm standing in front of everyone. It's, um, I miss theater. Maybe that's something to, to, to confront uh, in this podcast process later on. And last in professional, I'm going to write, edit, and publish a new top 10 list this week, or not this week, this year, which will probably, the top 10s are just black hole, time sucks, so um, that's, that's a bit of a commitment, but that is where it is. So, finally, sorry this is taking so long. No, I'm not. I'm not sorry. It is what it is. Personal, I'm going to write a novel this year. Yeah, that's that's all I got. Uh, I, I have no plan. <laughs> it's just, I kind of feel like it's time. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm interested. I'm one of these people that's probably interested in the doing of it for uh, having done it. Um, I don't know if there's a great deep passion to be a novelist. There definitely is not. But the experience of writing something... And constructing my own story and thinking about characters and thinking about the thing, all the things that I put into reviews and I talk about in reviews and thinking about theme and all of that is an exercise that I feel would be valuable for me in the, the pursuits that I have. I think, I, I, you know, I, I don't think that every, the, that every critic should try and create a piece of art themselves. 
but I think that there's certainly a benefit in trying to do so. And, um, you know, then being up for the criticism. <laughs> so that's goal number one. Um, part of the reason I want to hit 100,000 subscribers by the end of this year is because I wanted to buy a van. <laughs> now, this will make sense in a minute. I wanted to buy a van and start a van conversion. I despise flying. I'm a giant. Uh, and if I don't upgrade to whatever the Airlines Plus option is, which is such nonsense, you know they shrank coach so that they could charge more. Anyway, um, if I don't upgrade to whatever the, that option is, I always end up with a backache for the two days after flying. It's very uncomfortable. Um, you know, being six foot three, I, I just, and, and kind of a heavy guy, <laughs> kind of, I uh, am prone to back aches as a result of it and whatever. So I'd love to have something comfortable for road trips. Um, it would also make it easier to do kind of Comic-Con things and circuits and still work. There's no reason I can't do this job from the road, but carting recording equipment through airports to me sounds like a bit of a nightmare. Uh, but my buddy, who I call whenever I think I might be about to buy a boat, uh, told me, sounds like a boat, and said, um, attach it to a productive goal. In this case, 100,000 subs. So 2020 is van year. <laughs> I have already decided. Um fitness, health, wellness. Uh, currently I'm, I'm 20 pounds short of my heaviest ever. I'm sitting right around 290 pounds, which is a lot. Um, I'm a big guy. It, it tends to spread out. Well, I don't carry it in any one particular place, but the vanity of it doesn't particularly bother me one way or another. I'm a cute sloppy bear. That's fine. That's my wheelhouse. That's where I live, but I'm tired of being tired all the time. And I'm just getting older. On average, uh, I would say my life is better day to day now than it has ever been. So uh, I kind of need to confront this from the standpoint of longevity. Weight to me is not much of a mystery. I'm overweight because I'm eating too much on the daily, more than I'm burning. Um, again, I know every, everyone deals with some shade of this, and I'm not speaking for anyone but myself, just to make that clear. Uh, my number one overage with calories is from drinking. I enjoyeth the adult beverage quite a lot. To great excess, you might say, and you would be right. But uh, if I want that weight number to go south, I'm going to need to bite the bullet and uh, just take a step back. So I'm going to start the year off. We're starting 2020. I'll, I'll get that right. Uh, by quitting drinking for at least January and February. I've learned through experience that it's important to set attainable goals when it comes to this kind of thing. And I know I definitely can do a dry two months. Um, at the end of February, based on my progress and how I'm feeling will reevaluate and set a new goal. Again, it's 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 not about self-flagellation, it's not about any of that. It's just about living intentionally and you know, dropping the ball and picking it up again, going and getting the rock. Um and 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 certainly weight and health and wellness is just one of those crusty areas that I personally was like not addressing and not looking at. Um, so no shame, no self-hatred, no, it just, it's just, you know, I have a goal and it's one that's not based in, in prejudice against myself. I just want to get it done. So the other problem area for me is of course, just sitting at a desk all day. I am the definition of sedentary. So I have a gym membership, but since having a hammer does not make you a carpenter, I've set up a fitness competition with friends. We all signed up for whoop because I heard that was a thing. Uh, joined a group and are doing a six-month fitness competition along with uh, joining a six-month group on diet bets. I'll share more about that on a future podcast. This one's definitely getting long. Uh, finally, and I think this goes along with self self-care, I want to finish five story-driven video games and read 10 books in 2020. I love video games, um, especially story-driven ones. My top five list is like, 
uh, Bioware, Naughty Dog's recent entries, and you know, because because games are getting so much better at telling stories, and uh, you know, I just don't do well with getting shot in the back of the head in other games all the time. So, um, since starting the channel, I have accumulated a ridiculous backlog on Steam and PlayStation. For some reason, once I started the channel, I found it very difficult to personally justify um, sitting down and getting lost in a game for my own enjoyment. I just could never shake the feeling that I should be working. But um, for some reason, that doesn't apply to bottomless games like Dota. There are a couple of exceptions where it doesn't trigger that switch. You know, maybe it's... <laughs> Because Dota is at times aggressively unfun. Dota punishes as much as it rewards. You know, so it feels like it's in that purgatory spot of entertainment where it's like, well, I don't, I, you know, I could do something that's like pure entertainment, but eh, eh. Um, anyway, this year The Last of Us 2 comes out, which is a sequel to one of my favorite games of all time. And I was thinking maybe I'll start this year by. Uh, streaming The Last of Us, a replay, uh, which feels like a good way to start. Also, my reading habit has tanked. Um, I read a lot for the channel. My shelves are full of pop culture philosophy books. I need to start reading just for me again. Um, so the first one I'm going to do is Felicia, uh, Felicia Day's book, Embrace Your Weird. That's my book for the end of January. Ten, 10 books in a month, easy enough, or 10 books in a month, 10 books in a year, easy enough, um, you know, kind of aiming for a, a, a one book a month rate. Does, what's, it's, now, here's the thing about this podcast. That is, feels strangely embarrassing for me to admit. There's a part of me that has, a part of my ego is like, I want to feel like an academic and a reader and a smarty and whatever. And it's like, so I know some people, 10 sounds ridiculously low, but it is what it is. <laughs> All right, that's enough of goals. That's my 2020. Please, if you uh, feel so motivated, tell me about your goals. Oh, here, uh, yeah, we had, I, I had Whoop up. Again, This all this stuff will be linked. Um, let me know in the comments your goals, your thoughts. What do you want 2020 to be? There's some, it's, you know, we, fear of failure. The, the interesting thing about fear of failure is that it, you become afraid to dream. <laughs> That's really something that happened with the channel. Like the channel taught me how that to, to have hope again, to dream again, but fear of failure it can neuter that impulse because you know, if you're someone who's anxious like I am and, and neurotic like I am, it, it eats up the willingness to fantasize about anything other than the lottery, you know, uh, to fantasize about being good at something or to be being successful at something or to trying something and risk being bad, but just to try it for the sake of. I've never really thought about the, that. The way that, how, what a tragedy that is, you know, uh, to, to lose your ability to dream because we're, it's because you're afraid of it not coming true. Man, that's weird. Uh, what, uh, what a tragedy. Anyway, I'm not putting that on you that I'm putting that on me. That's not, I'm not saying that's what anyone out there is doing. I'm just saying, like, in hindsight, I've never really thought of that. That's what was happening to me. You know, uh, ambition is eaten up by desire not to be seen, whether for success or for failure. Just would rather disappear and sail away. <laughs> uh, all right, goals for the upcoming week. Um, this week I'm working on the Angel Episode Guide for Untouched which uh, kind of shook me up uh, this time I watched it. it. It was honestly, it was part of the block of the Firefly Bushwhacked video I knew needed to be good and and comprehensive. And untouched, there's just kind of a lot that it uh, touches for, no pun intended, touches for me personally. Um, and I, I was kind of afraid of it, I think. 
But uh, it's time. So look for that uh, on or before Friday. Patreon Hangout is Saturday. I think I mentioned what we're talking about. Wild at Heart and Sense and Sensitivity. And I wanted to let you know, movie night is back on. Jack and I are watching The Pianist this week. And I'll try and capture a quick recording of our thoughts on it uh, for Monday. And if you want to watch and um, join in in the discussion in the comments... By all means, I, I, I didn't look at what streaming services it's available on, but a lot of you are not in the States anyway, so, you know, we all have Google. Okay, before I get to the fanfic reading, excuse me, jeez. Before I get to the fanfic reading, I just want to let you know I am Ian Nitram on Twitter. That's my first name and last name spelled backwards. And YouTube.com slash Passion of the Nerd, which I assume everyone listening to this already knows. If you'd like to support the channel and keep me flush with spicy chicken sandwiches, given the weight loss ambitions. Oh, I didn't mention, uh, we're, uh, my approach to calories is going to be intermittent fasting and eat less. <laughs> I eat a lot of food. Um... If you'd like to support the channel and keep me flush with spicy chicken sandwiches or after 2020 grilled chicken sandwiches, you can do so at patreon.com slash passion of the nerd or grabbing yourself something from passion of the store. All right. That's enough of that. Um, today's fanfic reading is chapter three of here is gone by Terry Boda. There's a link in the show notes. Um, I'm also going to provide time-coded links in the show notes to the previous chapters if you want to go back and uh, catch up. When last we left Spike, he had woken up in the crypt back in Season 5 and with his soul, and, he thought, with the chance to maybe put some things in Buffy's life right. Chapter 3 Buffy was waiting for him when we... Buffy was waiting for him when he got to the caves. She was stamping her foot and looking at her watch when he joined her. I was about to go looking for you, she scowled. He ignored the barb in deference to reacquainting himself with the layout of the caves. I'm here, aren't I? Let's go. She fell in behind him, looking at him oddly when he stopped to sniff the air. Are you okay? she asked suddenly. He started and stared at her, shocked by the show of concern. I'm fine. It's just you're acting all weird and helpful and non-snarky and stuff. He sniffed the air again, catching the scent he was looking for. Just concentrating, love. This way, come on. He commented, heading into a narrow cavern. How do you know? Can smell soldier boy's cologne, bloody Aramis. Can't stand the damn stuff. She fell silent for a while, but he knew she was there, following him, letting him lead. It was amazing how well they worked together when they weren't sniping at each other. Each was acutely aware of the other's whereabouts and actions. It was almost comfortable. Maybe now is the time to start changing a few things. So how's your mum? he asked blithely, as he sniffed the air again and turned left. The boy wasn't far away. Huh? Your mum, Joyce, heard she was sickly. He wasn't expecting the hand that seized him from behind and slammed him into the cave wall. How do you know about my mother? Buffy growled. Spike immediately put his hands up in surrender. Word travels fast in the demon world, especially if the Slayer's involved. I heard she went to the hospital. I just wanted to know how she's doing. What do you care? Oi! He snarked, brushing her hands away, just barely avoiding a chip shock. I'll have you know, I like your mom. She's got balls. She's decent. She's always a lady. And she never treated me like a freak. Forgive me for asking if she was okay. Buffy looked ashamed for the comment, then answered softly. I'm sorry, I, I just... It's hard. With Mom and Riley. They don't really know what's wrong with her yet. Spike gave her an understanding nod. So they're gonna give her a full going over. Do one of those... What do you call cat things? Buffy looked away, and he had to suppress the urge to comfort her. He was fairly certain this Buffy would not take his affections well. I, I, I don't know. Well, they should. Give her a full going over from top to bottom. Leave no stone unturned. You tell them, Slayer. You make sure they do one of them cat scans and an MRI, too, and don't take no for an answer. 
She gave him an odd look, and for a moment he thought he may have blown his cover by pushing too hard. He cursed silence. He cursed silently. He'd never been good at going subtle or at lying. Neither had been his forte. He was a much more blunt and straightforward kind of vampire. I, I will. Thank you, Spike. He let out a breath. He didn't know he was holding and gave her a soft smile. You're welcome, Slayer. Be sure to tell Joyce I was asking after her, then I hope she feels better soon. He returned his attention to the task at hand. Riley was close. Very close. I, I will. Th thank you for helping me, Spike. Don't mention it. Can't have you worrying about your mom and soldier boy. A worried Slayer is a distracted Slayer. He led the way down another tunnel. And distracted Slayer is a dead Slayer, and a dead Slayer means he looked at her and gave her one of his evil grins. Have to make her think I'm still evil and all. I don't get paid. He stepped aside, nodding to an opening in the tunnel wall that led to another chamber. Soldier boy's in there. He doesn't sound too happy. Buffy blinked at him, then warily moved past him into the cavern. He stayed and waited, trying to ignore their conversation as he mentally ticked off all the things he had already changed. Before, he hadn't helped her but had kidnapped the doctor with Harmony's help and tried to force him to remove the chip. Then he'd attacked Buffy and tried to kill her, before discovering that the surgeon had lied to him. I wonder what helping her will instead will mean. He didn't have time to dwell on it, however, as Buffy led a somber-looking Riley from the chamber. The two men met eyes, and Spike saw the growing fear and insecurity that would soon lead the boy to cavorting with vampire horrors, looking back at him. He knows. He knows even now he's going to lose her, you poor bastard. He straightened, puffing up his chest as he drew his He straightened, puffing up his chest as he drew his bravado around him, and put out his hand, palm up, his trademark smirk on his face. Buffy frowned at him, then shoved the money into his waiting hand. Why thank you, Slayer. As always a pleasure doing business with you. If you lose your puppy again, please don't hesitate to look me up, he smoothed bowing slightly. Shut up, Spike, she snapped, guiding Riley past the smug vampire and down the tunnel. Spike waited a moment, and then followed a short distance behind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm still loving it, and I don't want to wait till Monday. Um, if you don't want to wait till Monday, a link to the entire story will be in the show notes. But then you'll be way ahead, you know. Were you that person in school? Read all, all the chapters way ahead of time? And I'm just kidding. Um, that's it for this one. Untouched should be up before Friday or on Friday or Saturday at 1 a.m. Uh, Patreon Hangout stream will be on Saturday. Back here with you Monday for a new uh, to roll a new adventure of the nerd and read another fanfic chapter. Have a good weekend. And please, be kind to yourself.